It is my privilege to be speaking to Simpiwe Mdlalose all about a brand new book called Placing God at the Center. Isn't that what we need to be doing? It's a weekly spiritual reflection for men. So obviously, if you're releasing a book, we have to get to know you personally first as well, first to see if you've got the right to write a book, isn't it? So Simpiwe, hello, how are you doing? Hi, Janine. Thank you so much. I am well and I feel blessed right now. Sipiwe, if you had to introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before, doesn't know your personality or the family or just who you are as a person, tell us who you are. Thank you so much. Uh, The way I will introduce myself is uh, I, uh, first and foremost, I'm a child of God. I'm a born-again Christian who loves God with all that I have. And I place God at the center of uh, everything else. And secondly, I'm a family man, a husband to a wonderful wife of mine, Clara. Um, and I'm a father to five beautiful children. Mbali, the one I call boy, his uh, name is Mfundo, but I call him boy. And uh, uh, with his twin brothers, uh, Wonga and Basa, and uh, my little angel, uh, Sianda. I call him DJ Sianda. He, he always wants to DJ um, for some reason or the other. He loves his um, music. So that's who I am. And, and, and I am an entrepreneur. I'm a, an inspirational speaker. And I am a man who believes in the power of, of our words. You know, I, I genuinely believe we become who we think and say we are. If you are so passionate about God, because, I mean, people do life Fine. Without God, how did God convince you that he was real and that you can literally not do life without him? So, Janine, I I was raised by a single mother. um, And um, it's quite interesting that we are doing this interview today uh, on a very important day in in my life, I guess. Uh, Two years ago, uh, on this very day, I lost her um, to, to, to cancer and she moved on to be with the Lord. Um, and that is a woman who truly gave me the greatest gift of all gifts because she introduced me to Jesus. Mm. Um, and since that point, my life has never been the same. Um, I, I know through her and her living as an, as a testimony and as an example that Christ lives and that Christ reigns that, um, there's no other alternative to live a life except to have a life that's based on Christ. Simpiwe, was it ever tested? Did you ever go through something in life where you had to decide whether what you believe as real and as truth every day is true or not? Absolutely. You know, my life is a living testimony. Um, everything that I've done, everything that I am is, is living proof that Christ lives and that Christ reigns. I have so many testimonies that I can share um, to actually demonstrate to the power of Christ. There have been moments in my life when I've needed financial resources and I didn't know where to look. I prayed and God made a way. There have been so many times I needed a particular business deal to come through. I didn't have the right connections. I prayed and God made it happen. There have been so many times I've gone through very difficult times uh, with, through grief and I didn't know if I'll be able to pull through. I prayed and God came through. So my life has got so many stories and uh, most of those stories are also covered within the devotional. And that demonstrates really the power of Christ in in my daily living. 
Simpewe, if we look at South Africa, we have the opportunity to really see the effect of a man living with God and a man living without God. We see the effect, a generational effect. It has on so many millions of people. If you've got a dad or you don't have a dad. Um, if you look at South Africa in general, I'm not talking about Christian South Africa. I'm talking about South Africa in general. And you look at the men. What do you see? It's quite a challenge to answer that question in a, in a satisfactory manner. Uh, because we as South Africans um, have taken a view, I guess, as a people to, to celebrate uh, what I call a secular man. And uh, as a society in general, we we have put God really at the backbench of of things that do take center stage. And as a result, you know, the things that men or some men are doing in this country uh, are really not uh, things that one would be proud of as a man. Uh, we have uh, gender-based violence uh, skyrocketing. We have murder uh, skyrocketing. We have uh, crime skyrocketing, and all forms of different, you know, negative and evil things taking place. Uh, corruption, um, you name it. And at the core and at the center of all these things, you find that there, there, there's men involved. So I am uh, particularly concerned about the state and the status of our uh, men in, in, in our country. Um, and, and also what then becomes a worry for me is that to those who are against, you know, such actions and such acts uh, are, are not really coming as forceful and as strongly as I thought they would. You know, the condemnation of all the different things that are not going right in our country. Um, are not are not being challenged, you know, in, and and the, the condemnation is not coming as strong as I would love it, to, you you know, to 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 come through. So that would be my definition and description of the current state of uh, things that are taking place in our nation. And then we get to the church, because in the church you still have Christians who do life God's way, and Christians in inverted commas who do life culturally as a Christian, being brought up maybe in Christian homes, but still not doing life the way that God is saying it. And even in the church, we see men having that choice and choosing against God. Certainly, you know, that's the reality that we're dealing with. <clears throat> and I suppose that that's part of the reason why, you know, I, I wrote the book, you know, to say if all men can really place God at the center, we can begin to see a difference in, 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 in the, the way we run our society. Uh, especially for those men who have accepted uh, Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. We need to see Christ rising. We need to see Christ uh, in their lives being demonstrated and, and you know, Christ uh, just coming through. So in your book, what do you think are the issues, if you had to highlight the ones, that if we start getting these things right in the church as men, what are the issues that you want to address first? The first thing that I think we need to do is to ask ourselves, what does Christ want us to do? You know, what what does Christian living mean? And if we can find that meaning, and that meaning for me, it comes and it stems from love. You know, if we can do everything in love and we do everything based on love, that's going back to the basics of what being Christ-like is. And everything then stems from that, you know, because once you have love, you cannot want to steal 
money that does not belong to you because you you know it's not yours once you have love you cannot have gender-based violence or promote gender-based violence because you know that's not an act of love Uh, once you have love you will not do things that fight against the principles that Christ stood for because you know that's not love but simpiwe even the concept of love has been distorted Um, much of it has been sexualized And even because of media and because of movies and music, people see it as this fluffy feeling, not necessarily as what God defines as love. If you had to try and describe to people, how does God then define love? What would you say? I guess if you read the greatest love of them all um, is the, the verse that talks about Christ giving He is one and only begotten son to die for our sins because he loved us. Now, that is what love is all about. Love is about uh, putting others first. Love is about sacrificing your own desires and your own needs for the sake of the others and forsaking the things that you want for the sake of the others. That is what the real and genuine love is all about. So even in church, We cannot talk about love when we put a blind eye to those who are in need and those who are poor. Uh, uh, We cannot, you know, talk about love uh, when a member of our church comes, a female member of our church comes and you can see that she's been beaten and we turn a blind eye because the, the, the husband is a deacon in our church. That cannot be done. That's not love. So real love is about forsaking yourself and giving others a, a, a priority in all spaces and in all the things that we do, because that's what Christ and God did for us. Mm. I also see that you address people's vision, the meaning in their life, the why are they here on earth. And it's because of a lack of vision that we get distracted and removed from, you know, doing what is actually important in this life. If you had to speak to Sir um, and you can call them anyone, and they're standing in front of you, and you had to tell them, this is why you're on earth. What would you say? You know, for me, the the secret I find is that we are all called to serve, basically. You know, at the end of everything else that we, we are here to do, service is what is the main, main, main reason. Think about someone who's a teacher. Um, if your gift is in teaching, your role is you are teaching others because you are serving them so that they can become better people. If your role is a presenter in a radio station is you are serving our community by giving us the best information and linking us to the most relevant stuff that is happening around us, encouraging us to be the best people that we can be. So in a nutshell, you are serving. If you work uh, as a social worker, your responsibility is to serve. You you went to school to get the skill, but the skill is to allow you to serve. You are the president of this country. Your responsibility, you have been elected by the electorate of this country to serve the nation. So you pick any role or anything that uh, you place a human being here on earth. At the end of that which they are doing, whether they get paid for it or not, the reality is we are all here to serve. <laughs> now, what I talk about in my book is that that service, you cannot do something that is not inborn in you or something that you do not passionate about because that's where the problem comes in. I go to school to study medicine, 
but I study medicine because my sole purpose is to make money. It is not to serve the community. And therefore, I make a bad doctor because I'm always moody. I can't deal with people well. I can't address people well because all I'm taking that is, is it's a job. And that's where people missed it. If you respond to your genuine calling that God has placed on you and the gifting that God has placed on you and you work on that gifting, then you will be a person who's not living, who's living, who's not existing. And and all of us at the core of that purpose that we're all placed here on earth for, it is to serve. Mm. You know what? The one thing that was a big revelation in our family and the reason why we as women submit to our husbands is when we realize that the buck stops with the dad. You know, the buck stops with you, that when we stand before God as a father, because you are the king, the priest and the prophet of the household, God is going to ask the dad if his family loved him with their whole hearts, all their minds, all their strength, and whether you loved others as yourself. They're not going to ask the mom and they're not going to ask the kids until you become the father in that relationship. And I think so many of our dads in South Africa, well, all over the world, they're missing the realization that if you've got a mission besides, and obviously that's a big servanthood right there to be the king priest and, and prophet of your household is the, is the ultimate in servanthood. But that people don't realize, that dads don't realize that that's what God is going to ask them when they stand before him. That's a sad reality. You know, you are talking about, uh, and I'm listening to you and, and, and I'm, I'm filled with joy in my heart because I look at my family and I look at my home. You know, my wife um, knows this, that my husband key role in our family besides just giving us leadership is to serve us you know i serve my family and i've taken that as my key responsibility when i pray for them it's my service and my connection on their behalf as a family to god when i wake up and i i go to a place i call work it is a service that I'm giving to my family because I want them to live better. I want to have a, a life um, that, 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 that's compatible. And if all men were to realize that, we will make this a better place. You know, I, uh, I for, for instance, if I have a, a, an opportunity to buy a car, the first person that I look to buy a car for is my wife. My wife must always drive a better vehicle than me. <laughs> my wife must... Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say this without really mincing my words, because my responsibility towards uh, my family is that I place the needs of, you know, my wife and my kids first, because those are the people that God has placed me in their lives to be of service for. You know, this year I've got uh, my twin boys that just started varsity. It is quite a huge uh, financial, you know, strain that I'm, I'm going through. But guess what? I am doing it with a smile each and every day when I do something that brings financial gain into my life. I say this is for my children. And I do it without any grudge because that's part of my responsibility that our Heavenly Father has sent me here to do. And that aspect is what I, I wish and desire that all men could have 
and if we can all have that, then we have a different and a better world. I look at my younger sister. I look at the things that I do for her without even asking for any favor. That's my service because that's, those are the people that God has placed in my life. I look at people that I serve at work. I look at people that in my community that I have put as part of my budget, you know, who have nothing that they can give back to me in return. And I do that wholeheartedly. I do that with a smile because I know that's the responsibility that God has placed me. As long as I'm here, I have that responsibility to serve. But there's also the difference between a good father and a godly father who will, a good father will, the focus will be the provision for your loved ones, but a godly father will do his good works in such a way that the people will see the light and they will thank God for it. That somehow at the end of the service and at the end of the love, somehow you get it done in such a way that they're attracted to God and not necessarily to the dad, is it? You know, uh, my nine-year-old who's in grade three now, um, others, they call him a prophet (laughs) (laughs) because he is growing up knowing that God is the center of it all. When we ask for someone to volunteer to pray, whether it's at school or wherever, he's the first one to do that. When they ask for someone to volunteer to do things um, that are of service, he's the first one to do that. And he's emulating those characters because he's realized through me as his father that money is nothing. Mm. What matters to us is Christ. If we place Christ first, then all these other things will be added unto our lives. And and I'm so grateful that, you know, he is an example and an embodiment of a a human being who sees that and who shows that these material things that we all aspire for are all meaningless without Christ. Someone posted on Facebook once, they said, if you stand before God, he's not going to ask you whether you took your children on great holidays. He's not even going to ask you what what their education was and what opportunities you were able to give them. He's first going to ask you, did they love me with all their heart, all their mind and all their souls? Were they saved is the first question. And if you can give them the family time and if you can give them the education and if they got great opportunities after they saved – then your life was successful. But if you gave them all of that and they never got saved, you were a complete failure as a father. And that, yes, that sticks you. It it puts your priority in the right place, doesn't it? I could not have said it better. I could not have said it better. Okay, well, we have to get to your book, Placing God at the Center, a weekly spiritual reflection for men. So people, you literally take them from one side and take them right to the next for a whole year, is it? Absolutely. So the spiritual, um, I mean, the book came, by the way, um, uh, Jenny, just to step back, as a consequence and as a result of a book, which was my seventh uh, published book called uh, Preparing Man for the Master's Use, right? Mm. Now, that that book talks about seven principles that if we all adhere and follow as men, we'll be ready to be used by God in our lives. Now, the man who bought that book then came back to me to say, Sintua, look, you have challenged us quite greatly in this book, but can you develop something that we can now use as a daily tool to help us with our daily walk with Christ? And that's how this book came about. So the idea that on a Sunday, there's a write-up that you read, 
Uh, it's written almost as a bulletin. I call it a bulletin. I do read that bulletin, a weekly bulletin. It empowers you for the week. And then every day of the week, there's a scripture that supports the reading that you did that you can, you know, make on and as you go through your week so it's got a 52 week um, um, sort of uh, schedule with uh, supporting verses for every day that you go through so it's a 365 or year you know um, (laughs) sort of a book I love that you have a scripture per day and I love that you don't have a whole explanation of each scripture per day which means that they've got to think on this scripture and I love that these aren't the predictable scriptures so many of the of the booklets that we have that people work through every day are the little nice clean beautiful promises that I asks you nothing but these are really scriptures that uh, gets you into Proverbs in Isaiah in Joshua in Nehemiah in James and it's and it's not the easy scriptures that you give so I like that so I want people to get hold of this if they want to find out more about placing God at the center this one and all of the previous books as well where do they go to? Well, the best place to go to, uh, Janine, is my website, uh, That's uh, my website. That's the best place. It's got all my material and it's uh, got all my contacts um, that, you know, for people who want to invite me to their events, functions, or even their church um, sort of activities, I'm available on the website.